0: When things around us change, it can often feel like we've been walking in the dark. Because when things around us change, it feels a little bit like the light shifts. Our, our focus goes into new places. We, we see things differently differently. We are opened up to a, a a new perspective, perhaps, or maybe just a little bit of a different perspective. And this can be really scary. It can be super confusing. I know that you know for many folks as, as we've moved technologically so quickly in the in the last part of the twentieth century and then into the twenty first century, there are many people who just feel like the technology's left them behind. And and so, for some, instead of seeking to learn more about it or to to begin to ask some new questions about it, they just give up. They just want to stay right where they are and and not be affected by all of this, by this new technology, by, by something different happening. I don't think what's happening right now in our world is something that we can simply close our eyes to. We can't continue to remain in the dark about how our interactions affect all of the people around us. We're learning in a very powerful way right now how just our presence can have, possibly during this time, a detrimental effect on those around us. That that because we're so hyperconnected in the world, especially through air travel and all of that, that, that we can affect thousands of people in a very, very short period of time. And I know that that feels scary. I know that that feels disconcerting and confusing and, and, and troublesome. And I think it ought to open our eyes to something to a truth that, at least those of us of faith say we believe, which is that in God, in the Creator, we are all connected, that everything that we do has consequences, that everything that we do has some sort of effect on people around us and maybe people everywhere. That's a little bit of a huge thing to sort of wrap our minds around. When things change, it can feel like we've been walking around in the dark. And so I want to talk about this scripture passage a little bit in terms of that. Jesus, he's been doing a number of things in John. If you go back in the chapters right before this, he's He's been healing people and doing some things and the, the religious leaders are getting pretty upset about these things because they're, they're afraid of who he might be. They're afraid that the Romans might come down on them because he, maybe he's an insurrectionist. Maybe he's just a troublemaker. They're, they're not really sure. And of course, all the categories that they're using are just the ones that they know. Things are changing. Jesus is introducing change and some new ways of teaching and they are still clinging to to the ways that they know, which is most often what we do as human beings. And so Jesus, even his disciples, are clinging to some of these ways. And so as they're walking along, they see this man born blind, and the disciples now are saying, well, okay, Lord, who who, who sinned? Because that was the belief at the time, was that somebody had done something wrong, and God was punishing this man because of somebody who had sinned previously. And Jesus says, you're you're asking the wrong questions. You're focused on the wrong thing. You're trying to find people to blame for this, when really what you ought to be looking for is how might God be glorified in this? And so I just want you to pause for a second right there with that statement and think about your thought processes and the thought processes of things on social media, and where we've been going. The questions we've been asking are, how did this happen? Who screwed up? And those are valuable questions at some point in time. Absolutely. And I think folks ought to be held accountable. But maybe that's not the question we need to answer right at this moment. Maybe one of the questions we ought to answer, at least as people of faith, is how can God be glorified in the midst of this? What is it that we can do? Not just asking, how did this happen? Trying to place blame on someone. That will come. But I just believe, right now, we need to be focused as a people, and especially as Christians, on what is it that we can do? How can we glorify God in the midst of all of this? What is it that as things change here that is being revealed to us in a different way? What priorities are being shaken up? What, what fears are being brought up that we need to give up to God? And so then as Jesus moves on here and says, well, you know, neither, neither is man or his parents sin. He was born blind that God's works might be revealed in him. And then he spits on the ground, he takes the mud, he puts it on his eyes, and he tells him to go wash in the pool of Siloam. I didn't realize this until about halfway through the week when I was reading this. The man never asks to be healed. He never asks to be healed. But Jesus heals him. I just think it's an interesting little fact. I don't want to make much of it, but it's just interesting. But he heals him, and the man is really excited that he can see. And he begins to tell people about it, of course. But what's so interesting to me is that, is that then, when this changes, when this man who was born blind now can see, his neighbors don't even recognize him. They're still blind to this thing that has happened. We see, oftentimes, what we expect to see. And they expect to see this man born blind. They expect him to be begging, they expect him to be whatever. I mean, I'm sure that, the, that, the, that his face had not changed, at much, his body had not changed, but it's just that his eyes were open and that he, that he could see. And they didn't recognize him. Where is it that as things changed, We are still blind to the new realities, to what is actually going on around us, to the to the new priorities that God might be putting in in front of us right now, the ways that we need to care for our neighbor, the way that we need to take care of our finances, the way that we need to prioritize our lives. Where are those things where as things change, we're still blind to them? Well, so of course, in the scripture passage, the the Pharisees have to get involved, or the, or the religious leaders have to get involved. And I think it's, it's, it's really interesting because, of course, it was a Sabbath day when Jesus did this, and so you aren't supposed to do any work on the Sabbath. And it wasn't necessarily that he performed this sign. It doesn't say miracle. It says that he performed this sign. It's that he spat on the ground and made mud. That was the work that Jesus did. And you're not supposed to work on the Sabbath. And so they are really focused on the fact that, one, that he, that he had worked on the Sabbath, and then so that means that he's a blasphemer, because if you are a person of God, you follow all the rules and regulations of God. And we know that Jesus, for the most part, did follow the rules and regulations of the Torah and encouraged others to do the same. But in certain instances, he, he challenged that where it didn't allow for people to care for each other or care for their animals and that sort of thing in their midst. This man is not from God, for he does not observe the Sabbath, they said. How can a man who is a sinner perform such signs? Because for them, if you did something on the Sabbath, you were a sinner. And a sinner can't do anything. Well, oftentimes, new learning comes from unexpected places. New growth comes from unexpected places. Healing oftentimes comes from unexpected places in our lives. Unexpected people. And when we are blind, when we we do not allow God to show us new things, when we stay in those same questions of, well, how did this happen? Why is this this way? When we, and we're just trying to find blame for things, or, or trying to protect our, our own little kingdom, we can miss out on the learnings and the healings that are right in front of us. And so, it's also interesting to me that this the man born blind, who now can see, he doesn't yet, really know who Jesus is. And this has been an interesting theme throughout the scripture is that when people meet Jesus, the first thing they say about him is he's a prophet. He's a prophet. He's like Elijah. He's like Moses. He's like some of the other prophets. They're not, they don't quite have this understanding, of course, of who he really is, that he is the Messiah, that he is the Savior. And of course, we have the perspective of all of that to look back on, to see something larger. They're just beginning. They're being introduced to something so new, they have to put it into categories that they know. He's a prophet. It's only later when his eyes are opened and he hears and he understands who Jesus is. The Jews didn't believe that he had been born blind and received his sight So they call the parents and the parents are super afraid. And so they're like, well, you need to talk to him because we're not going to get kicked out of the synagogue. Because that's what the rule makers do is when there's something new going on, they enforce the rules. And they aren't open, perhaps, to what some of this new teaching or healing... And I don't fault the Pharisees. They're trying to protect their community they're trying to adhere to what they believe is right and good and just. I mean, again, like I've said many times, these are our good neighbors. These are the people who go to church every Sunday. These are the people who mow their lawn. These are the people who wash their hands, you know. I mean, this is, this is the people that you want to be a neighbor with. And yet, in a sense, and Jesus says this later, they're blind. They don't see. They're not open. They have a hard time being open to what God is bringing into their lives in these new things. So they call him back again and they and they say, "Oh, give glory to God. We know that this man is a sinner." And the man born blind says, "I do not know. I don't know whether he's a sinner or not." And I love that because he doesn't claim to know any more than what he knows. He doesn't try to be something other than what he is. He doesn't try to say something any more than what he needs to say. And so he says, one thing I do know, that though I was blind, now I see. And the Pharisees are still stuck on, well, how did this happen? What did he do to you? They're looking for the nefarious. They're looking for who to blame. They're looking for ways to... To be able to either have Jesus killed or to kick him out or whatever. And so then I love, love this sort of, this, this, how it goes here. Do you want to become his disciples? And of course, man, that really gets their goat. They are super, um, they've got to be super upset. And so they kick him out of the synagogue. We know that God does not listen to sinners. And so they kick him out. They, re- they choose by, by staying on the blaming questions, on the fearful questions. They continue to miss this new thing that is in their midst. And I think that's a human quality. We are averse to change, change is scary, can be. Change is hard. Very often. Change is disconcerting. And we're living in a time right now of some really serious change where we don't know. We don't really know what next week is going to look like. We operate our lives as if we do know. We operate our lives as if we see clearly. And in many ways we're in the dark a lot and so we need to be healed of the things that keep us in the dark we need to be healed of the things that keep us focused on the wrong questions on the blaming questions and that keep us from asking the questions what is it that we can do now to give glory to god How do we live now? How do we love our neighbor? How do we love ourselves? We need to be healed of the things that keep us in the dark. In Ephesians, it says, the light exposes what is done in secret. It exposes the fruit of what is right and true. In the dark, it's all about us. In the dark, it's all about our kingdom. In the dark, it's all about who's to blame, who might be hurting us. But in the light, and Jesus says he is the light, we see the bigger picture. We do see what's going on, and we're able to meet it in the moment and not get too far ahead of ourselves and not get so worried about the future. In the light, we're able to step with confidence into that new day. We're able to take the steps that we can to begin to get creative about how we live, and how we love, and how we give, and how we care for our neighbors. And so I pray that during this time, the fear that you might be experiencing, the the, the confusion, that you might know that Jesus is the light, and he is present with you. That the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit is in the midst of all of these things. That even in the darkness, the light, shines may you be healed of anything that is keeping you in the dark may you focus your life on what can I do now to give glory to God may the priorities that are that are being shaken up may they be put right in your life again as we move forward into the unknown but one thing is known Jesus is the light, and he is there ahead of us, no matter where the path may lead. Amen.